Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 245. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Welcome to the MCAT podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week where I am joined by one of the amazing members of the Blueprint Live Online instructor crew. If you haven't checked out the Blueprint Live Online course yet, what are you waiting for? Go to blueprintmcat.com. Today I'm joined by Ali, again, one of the Blueprint Live Online instructors, and we're starting a new series here on the MCAT podcast titled MCAT 101. We are 245 episodes into this, and a lot of you are newer here to the MCAT podcast, and we want a series that will help anyone coming in to the MCAT podcast, anyone starting to learn about the MCAT. So we're going to start here with the first session of our MCAT 101 series, talking all about the college courses that you have to take before you take the MCAT. Ali, welcome to the MCAT podcast. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited. excited. I'm excited to have a 12 plus year MCAT expert uh, on the podcast to start this MCAT 101 series. No, nobody else better than you, I think, to do this session with Thank me you. Or, or series of sessions uh, over the next several weeks here on the MCAT podcast, we'll be doing MCAT 101 and of all of the basics that any student needs to know before jumping into the MCAT. So I'm excited to do that today. We're going to talk all about the courses that you need to take uh, potentially to do well on the MCAT. Before we jump into that, though, I want to know a little bit more about you, Mr. Professional MCAT tutor and teacher. What What is your journey to this this place? Ooh, that was a long time ago. So my the first time I took the MCAT was in 2004, back when it was paper and pencil. Oh, so yeah. I remember the old days where you had just like to you flip through the passages, you could underline and circle stuff in the middle. Uh, and um, I think my journey took me through a lot of steps, like studying for that test. Uh, I think I started with the mistakes most students start with is I focused too much on content. <clears throat> didn't get the score improvements I wanted. And then like once I switched into practicing and doing more time than on time practice, this is where it started to click. And this is where it dawned to me that this is a very coachable test. Most mm -hmm. students walk into it thinking it's one thing and two months into their prep, they, they figure out it's something else. And yeah. for a lot of students at this point, it's kind of too late. They're two weeks away from their test once they figure out how to do it. Yeah. 
Uh, and I think that's 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 been one of the like the guiding things in my career as as like an MCAT teacher is just like give advice from day one so that um, you don't fall into the traps I fell into. Yeah, it's interesting. I've had the same conversation with a couple different students who are 520 plus MCAT scorers. And I asked them, like, how did you do this? And, and the answer was, I just figured out the tests. I, I figured out what they want from me. I figured out how they're asking questions, how they're presenting the answers, and I figured out how to get to the right answer. And and it's it's funny because I'm sure there are people out there who are just know everything and they're muscling their way through the MCAT, getting a great score. But my guess is, my, my gut is telling me that the far majority of people who are just crushing the MCAT have just figured out the MCAT. That's exactly it. And uh, just to build on that point, I don't think you can't figure out the MCAT in a book. You, yeah. you can only figure out the MCAT practicing MCAT questions. Yeah. And, and mistake, I think, any MCAT tutor will tell you the biggest mistake is students who don't do enough questions, don't do enough practice yeah. tests, and yeah. are just face facing the book, going, "I need to learn more <laughs> content," uh, and that's just such a big mistake. So, let's let's jump into this new MCAT 101 series. Starting off with the most common question out there, the most common problem is, "What classes do I need to do well on the MCAT?" Which is kind of funny, right? Because we both are like. Doing well on the MCAT is about doing practice questions. Yeah. And you need some foundational knowledge of science uh, on, on top of that. So, or, or beneath it, um, if we were building the foundation. So let's talk about um, just the, the MCAT. I think we know, maybe, maybe not, when students take the MCAT, they're still in school. Talk about kind of the normal school timeline and where students are taking the MCAT so they can get a, a brief idea of like what classes maybe they would have already taken before a normal MCAT and, and what that schedule may look like. Yeah, the, the traditional timeline, if you want to go to undergrad and medical school right after, is you want to apply in the summer of your junior year, just yeah. before your senior year. That means you have to, your, to have your MCAT ready by May of your junior year. So a lot of students take the test either in that May or January of junior year. But we've been seeing students like right now in 2021, we've seen a lot of students who are either taking it too early, just take it in their sophomore year. A lot of them are very successful with it, but a lot of them also have to push it multiple times because they don't have all of the courses and prerequisites. Yeah. But on the other end, we it's becoming more and more like less of um, a negative thing to take a few gap years off. Mm -hmm. uh, so we've we've been seeing a lot of students taking it in their senior year or beyond, but I still think that the average student takes it in their junior year. Yeah, I've seen a lot of students delaying the MCAT until after they graduate so that they're not piling on courses plus yes. MCAT prep plus application. And they're just like, let me do my courses and be done with that. And then let me do my MCAT prep and do that. And then let me apply to medical school. And they're just they're just doing one at a time, which there's no right or wrong. It's what can you do in the time and, and what stresses can you tolerate as you're going through this? Um, and so that's that's interesting. What if a student you mentioned some students are taking this earlier? What complications arise from that? 
So I think the main complication is uh, you have not taken all of the prerequisite classes. So a lot of sophomores have not taken physics two or organic chemistry two before taking that AMCAT, which is like, I think you can overcome, but not everyone can overcome it in the, in the timeline that they have. Um, the, the, there's a kind of a subtle complication under it is that if you're taking the, the AMCAT in your senior year, not only you've taken your prerequisite classes, but you've taken enough advanced classes to see the material more than once. So you have more expertise with the topics, you understand it at a deeper level and going into the AMCAT, you, seeing it multiple times, just, just that is enough for, for you to retain it. Yeah. We often say here on this podcast, the, the MCAT is a mile wide and an inch deep in terms of the, the volume of knowledge and how specific information you need to know from these courses. So why can't a student just get a set of blueprint books or Kaplan books or whatever books and just learn the information that the test prep company is saying, this is the information you need to learn? Why even bother taking the prereqs? Let me just go read the books, go do the practice tests, and and I'll know what I need to know. I don't think that's, I think that's possible. It's not like I'm against it. But one, you have to take the prereqs anyway to apply to medical school. It's not that you're taking the prereqs only to take the MCAT. These are requirements to apply to medical schools. So if you're taking them anyway, it might be best to take the MCAT after you've taken these classes, just like from a logistics uh, point of view is you're going to get this information anyway. Yeah. But um, for a lot of students, you have to go get blueprint books, get Kaplan books, get any, any books and learn some of the content. Mm. Not everyone has taken like sociology or all of the biochemistry classes, but the task, one, if you've not been introduced to any of these topics and you're starting from zero, it's going to be like quite an uphill battle. Yeah, interesting. So the, the biggest question that I, I seem to get when it comes to MCAT prep and classes is what classes do I need to do well on the MCAT? What, what are your thoughts there? All right. Uh, so... Again, ideally take all of them. Take your uh, two physics classes, two gen chem classes, uh, your organic chemistry classes, your bio, your biochem, your psych, and your soc. Um, but like, if your question is, can I skip one and still still do a, a, still do well on the MCAT? Which one would I skip? Mm -hmm. I would say that uh, I've seen a lot of students been successful with MCAT skipping physics, but these usually tend to be students who took physics in high school and have like 80 credits in physics. Same thing with gen chem or some of the like basic bio. Yeah. Uh, now, if you've never been exposed to the topic before, like a topic you can study on your own would be something like sociology, I think. If you have the basics of psychology, sociology might be easier for you to, uh, to do on your own. Um, not that like it's a less important topic. Like I, I tell my students, sociology is one of the biggest bangs for your buck on the entire MCAT with the amount of studying you need to do and the amount of points you get on the other, uh, on the other end of it. Yeah. What about the, the, I don't know if this is the right term, but the hidden curriculum. Because it, it seems like there are students out there who say you should take cell bio, you should take genetics, you should take anatomy and physiology, because those are on the MCAT as well. Yes. So those are on the MCAT. And, and here, if, if we want to get into the some detail 
um, uh, on this because I think a lot of students are confused about what bio classes specifically to take and what type of biology is tested on the MCAT. Because I think if you, if you take any undergrad, they know the MCAT or biology is the number one topic on the MCAT. And it depends on what you classify as biology. Um, because AMC, like the number one topic on the bio biochem um, section, for example, is, is foundational concept one. Uh, this is 55% uh, of your bio biochem section. And actually it overlaps with some of the campus section too, so we can get points there too. But the biggest chunk of questions there is molecular biology. And this is where from school to school is different because in some schools you learn molecular biology in your biochemistry class. And in some schools you learn biochem uh, molecular biology like uh, transcription, translation, translation biotechnology, you learn it in your intro to biology class. Uh, so if there's a hidden class you want to take, I would say if your school offers a molecular biology class, go take that because that's the biggest chunk of points on the entire MCAT. Wow. Um, so just look into the syllabus of your classes. Um, and I know this because um, some of the test prep books classify molecular biology under different books. Uh, I know at Blueprint, molecular biology is under biology the same way AMC classifies it. Mm. But if you have the Kaplan books, for example, molecular biology and biotechnology are in your biochemistry book. Hmm. So you might be under some false impression that biology is more important, but if you have the Kaplan books, biochemistry is more important. Um, so I hope this answers your question, but uh, I think molecular biology is the class I recommend. Interesting. Okay. So there's a, an extra one to, to squeeze in there. Yeah. When, when it comes to skipping a, a class, right? One of the mm -hmm. biggest questions is, do I need my second semester uh, organic chemistry and my second semester physics just with the timeline that I have and all the classes that I've had to take because of my major or my minor? I just don't have time based on the timeline that I want. I want to be a traditional student. I want to take the MCAT kind of January, March, April of my junior year so that I can that I can apply that summer of my junior year to medical school. Uh, and I'm not going to be able to to do that if you're going to say I need all of these classes. What's what's the easiest courses or maybe a single course that a student can skip and still do well on the MCAT? Well, Easiest depends, I think, on the student and what classes you do well with. So I think a good rule of thumb, if you've done well with the first one, you might you might be able to skip the second one. For example, let's say I did really well on organic chemistry. I got an A plus and it was easy for me to go through the lectures, mm -hmm. but I struggled with physics one and you want to make a choice for the next semester, probably register for physics two and try to do org on your own. Um, so this... For most students, I think, like at least the students I worked with, they find that learning biology on their own is easier. Uh, so they tend to prioritize taking physics, organic chemistry, and gen chem, and leaving biology or psych and soch uh, to take on their own. Um, it's, I'm kind of sorry, like there's no one concrete answer to, to this question, uh, but for an average student, I would say biology, but it depends on how well you've done with the, with your intro classes. Yeah, interesting. Okay. 
What about for the non-traditional student, uh, the career changer or, or someone who just took some time away from their classes and they took their Gen Chem and Gen Bio and, and Orgo like five years ago, six years ago, what are your recommendations for courses for them, assuming uh, they're not concerned about the medical schools they're applying to needing recent prereqs, uh, the whole kind of expiring prereqs is kind of a myth in the pre-med world. <laughs> um, but for the MCAT, we always talk about, well, maybe you want to take some intro courses or some some courses just to um, kind of refresh your memory about all this science stuff. Again, knowing that the MCAT is very much a, a test that you can learn to beat, if someone has older prereqs, what do you recommend for them? That's a great question. Um, I think, again, in here, if you're kind of proactive, uh, just get your uh, test prep books, maybe skim over them, take a practice exam and see where you stand on the topics. And if you find yourself like, I remember most of my physics, but I'm struggling with organic chemistry, then maybe repeat organic chemistry. Or there are a lot of free resources online that if you don't have to go back to school, then go like use these resources online to, to just like watch the content and review it. Uh, but again, uh, the, the classes that require a lot of problem solving are the classes where you would benefit more, uh, most from being in a class setting. Uh, so something like physics or general chemistry and organic chemistry, you will benefit more from school compared to topics that are that tend to be tested more of you need to know this, like for example, like intro to biochemistry class, you need to know your amino acids. Uh, you can learn this on your own. You don't need an actual class for this. Mm. Interesting, okay. So one other common question that I get when it comes to classes and the MCAT is, should I buy a set of MCAT books as I enter my first year of college, while I'm taking Gen Chem, Gen Bio, Physics, et cetera, and go through the MCAT books while I'm going through my college course so that I can understand what's on the MCAT. What are your thoughts uh, about kind of doing MCAT prep while students are in their intro courses? Yeah. I, I like the idea. Don't let it distract you from your classes because your number one job is to get an A and get a high GPA on your classes in your freshman and sophomore year. Uh, but uh, it's a great idea. Just uh, if you know you want to apply to medical school going into your freshman year of college, why not try to see like if there are any parallels in the between the MCAT and the classes you are taking? You can you can benefit a lot from it. Now, I have, a, I have an example of a student who did something similar, but in actually in medical school. One of my friends, uh, just on day one of medical school, just, uh, and, and you, you, can, you can tell me your experience in medical school too. Um, just he bought a QBank for the USME step one. Yeah. And as he went through his medical school classes, he just like took practice questions from that QBank. And by the time it came time for, for this person to take their USMD task, they were already prepped because yep. they've been going through the content in schools, but they've been doing through practice questions, USMD practice questions. Yeah. And he kind of carried with that habit throughout medical school. Like he was in Met4 taking electives 
and he would be waking up every morning taking a few questions from uh, from a USMLEQ bank just to keep himself fresh on the problem solving and the, the the question styles on these board exams. Yeah, it's a very common strategy in medical school students going and getting first aid, which is a the common kind of prep yep. book for step one. Uh, and going through first aid while they're going through their courses to see what information they should be really honing in on. Again, with the priority knowing that you still need to do well in your your med school class, don't don't let the the step prep uh, get in the way of that. So yes. definitely a good good strategy for both medical school and undergrad potentially. Well, awesome, Ali. Any other thoughts about courses that we haven't talked about here for the MCAT? Uh, so I have like general advice for your classes when it comes to the, again, the problem solving classes. I hear this from students all the time that I had an A on physics, so I had an A on gen chem or an A on organic chemistry, but I just crammed a day before the test. I got that A and now I remember nothing of this course. Yeah. Uh, the effort you put in, in into your undergraduate classes is is extremely important um, in, in making your life easier when it comes to studying for the MCAT. And there's some, some hidden foundation that we haven't discussed yet that you want to, if you're a freshman today and you're listening to this podcast, you want to build good study skills today because you cannot build them two months before your MCAT. Yeah. Um, I have tutoring students and, and class students who are super organized and this bleeds into their MCAT. They're very organized with their classes. They're very organized with the MCAT. They, they keep a schedule. They know what to do every day. And if you don't have the good learning skills for your undergraduate classes, you cram for every class instead of studying on a weekly basis is going gonna, is gonna to haunt you in your junior year when you're studying for your MCAT. Yeah. Definitely, definitely good advice and very common advice is for students is just, uh, especially typically the high achiever students who are pre-med to begin with, uh, a lot of them can get away with just cramming the night or two before a, a test yeah. and still doing very well. But that information doesn't get stored into long-term memory and, and you're just going to have to redo all of that work when it comes to MCAT prep. So definitely great advice there. Well, awesome, Ali. Great first session here on the this uh, little mini MCAT 101 series. I'm excited to chat with you uh, next about kind of the uh, what's on the MCAT, right? Just the MCAT basics of what's on the MCAT and, and uh, all the different sections and topics, et cetera. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This, this was a great discussion. All right. So there you have it. MCAT 101. Session one <laughs> in the books, college courses you need to take before you take the MCAT. Such a common question, common misconception, and what causes a ton of stress for students because they're they're rushing and juggling lots of courses and, and wanting to take the MCAT based on some predetermined arbitrary kind of date in their head that they think they have to take it. And so hopefully this will help all of you get a little bit more comfort in understanding the classes that you need before you take the MCAT. Don't forget to check out Blueprint MCAT live online where you could potentially work with Ali as an instructor. I hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the MCAT podcast.
This is MedEd Media.